Well, hello there, friends, and welcome to Belotifieds, 49th episode and Halloween special. I'm here as I am every week with my cohort in crime, Miss Alex Supposedilides. I am, as you know, Anthony Bolada, and this is Bolotify. He's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata and Bellatified. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Bolotified, the one and only podcast about event entertainment and engagement. And today, we are all things Halloween because it's coming. And I'm here with my cohort in crime, Miss Alex Postelidis. Hello, Alex. I feel like I should be saying, I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too. <laughs> You should, and you did. And I did, see? Because you know why? I can. Because. Why is because they're watching. (laughs) The ghosts are watching, and the eyes are in the trees (laughs) as we speak. Uh, It's a very haunting time of year, this time of year. No? Do you not feel Mm -hmm. it? Does it not feel like Halloween already? Well, especially today. Yeah. You know, it today is very much uh, has that uh, ominous mm-hmm. kind of looming mm-hmm. impending doom mm-hmm. in the air. Yeah, it feels it's a little there's a little chill, you mm-hmm. know, in the air today. And it's been very overcast and even a little drizzly. So it does feel like um, the layer between the living and the dead is at its thinnest how is your second sight today well i apparently don't have second sight because i wasn't born on halloween Uh, only those babies who apparently are born on halloween have second sight but i would say that uh, my intuition today is at a very low low grade I'm feeling a little stifled by the mystique I feel in the air, the the sort of the doom of what's to come. Have the ghosts uh, come in and clouded your vision? Is that it? Well, no, because um, I haven't let a bat in the door <laughs> yet, so I have no ghost. We we talk about you? the fact that we have a ghost <laughs> already, uh, but you know, I I sort of share the story that we think we have a ghost, but we're not gonna talk about her today because um, I didn't get permission from her. So I don't want to upset her. But I didn't know this story. So, all right, another day, but I wanna know this story. Okay, another day, another day, another day. All right. Um, So, you know, I'm not really a Halloween kind of guy. I never really was. And I used to 
say it was because I was in the theater and I got to wear costumes all the time and I didn't really feel a need to do that. And I know that was just an excuse. Uh, when I was a kid, of course, I liked doing it. I liked, you know, getting in costume and trick-or-treating and getting lots of candy. I was a candy eater. I loved candy. I still do today. So it was easy to, you know, get a pillow sack and walk around the neighborhood. But as I got older, it, the, the appeal you know, not so much. So I have to start this episode by laying it on the line and being really honest about my personal uh, history with Halloween. Uh, so I'm, that's out there. Just want to say that okay. I do have I do have a favorite Halloween. But before we get there, please tell me, Alex, about your feeling. About well, me. like you, I loved it as a kid. And I enjoyed it as an adult, but I loved it as a mom. Mm. Yeah, the neighborhood where, you know, Illy grew up, which is my neighborhood now, the house is just a mile away from where I live. Everybody decorates and everybody, they walk in droves. So it's not just a mom and a kid, it's entire families and grandparents and aunts and uncles and friends and parents in the neighborhood and everybody's moving in unison to all the houses talking, one person's dragging a big um, little, uh, uh, you know, cart full of libations for the parents. So, mm -hmm. you know, we mommies walk around with our mommy sippy cups. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes I would dress up, sometimes I wouldn't. So just doing it as a mom and the, the cute little costumes. And then, you know, my favorite, I think for Illy was the year she went as Little Red Riding Hood, but she went as um, a dead little red riding hood. So she went as little dead riding hood and we went and bought a costume and then tore it up and tea stained it and blood stained it. So that sounds fun. It was fun. Getting mm -hmm. to do that with her was the best. And mm. I, you now she's 16. So, you know, I miss that. So, and, and she's sort of, uh, and I would call her an old soul mm -hmm. at 16. So um, is she excited about Halloween? I don't know this year, you know, yeah. um, it's just, it, well, and I don't know if it's so much Halloween. It's just, it's just been a weird year. It's just been a weird year. So, um, and the last couple of years, not living in the house, we'll still, we still go and hang out at the house. Cause I, I bought a fire pit for the front and there's a table out there and, so we'll and there's just, still somebody dragging a cooler around down the street you know, i'm sure yeah, sure uh -huh. yeah so but you know a lot of the kids in the neighborhood too because we lived right next to her elementary school so they've grown up too yeah so and they're off doing not, their things she's not doing the trick-or-treating i assume mm -mm. no i did till i was 18 19 i still went and did it my friends yeah i don't remember doing it well i was already in college when i was 18 so, um, yeah, I don't remember that. I, I do remember through high school doing it. And then maybe later in high school, there was a party instead. But there was always something. You know, it was always a night to celebrate and have a good time. Uh, but somehow, without kids in my life, it, it no longer became important to me until I bought this house and then mm -hmm. that then it became fun right it's fun when they come to the door isn't it oh my gosh oh my gosh so there are a couple of memories that I have 
about that. One is when I had uh, Sophie and Roxy and those were my kitties. And mm -hmm. Sophie was so gregarious and beautiful. She was a tricolored uh, rag doll. So she was just gorgeous with her blue eyes. And one Halloween, I distinctly remember she uh, laid her tushy on the end of the sofa so that every person could see her as I opened the door because inevitably they would scream, oh, look at that pretty kitty. And she loved it. <laughs> Aww, sweet oh, sweet Sophie. Yeah, it was so much, that was so much fun. And the other fun Halloween time I had was when I dressed up with uh, one of the um, shower caps that I had made for um, the Niederman brothers and a, and a robe. I remember those shower caps were yeah. big, right? They were huge. They were huge. I, I, I answered the door and made it look like I had been taken, you know, was in the shower with the shower cap and the robe. And that was fun. Oh, the kids are so much fun. Yeah, they do make it fun. And the same thing in, in our neighborhood, I must say, as, as an, a home owning adult, I do enjoy that part. Uh, and the fact that we have neighbors now that uh, light up their homes and decorate and uh, have kids makes it even more fun, you know, because it's a way to show your neighborhood spirit without mm -hmm. actually going around and meeting people and having them stay too long. It's just a great way to show it is it's Halloween is the perfect time to show your neighborhood that you're a good neighbor without yeah. having to overextend yourself, you know, buy a few bags of candy. It's not that much money and be a good sport. And, yeah. you know, and I think that goes a long way, especially today. Um, did you have any traditions? Not growing up. Um, but as I got older, I had friends that every year they've moved to Vegas. And so other friends in the little group have, have taken on the mantle where you have, we would have a themed um, Halloween party. So one year was Beatles and you had to come as your favorite Beatles, either Beatle or Beatles song. So mm. I made a big sun and attached it with a wire to the front of my shirt. And I had a rainbow and then I had silver hair and teardrop, like raindrops coming all down. I did makeup and had raindrops coming all down and I was, here comes the sun. Oh, I love that. Did you yeah. win a, did you win a prize? I, I did not. And I'm telling you, I put a lot of work into that, but you know, I went to Sarah Palin one year. I did win that. I won a prize for that. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. And then, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm saying, and then the, my favorite, my favorite costume, it, it's kind of tied with the sun one was when um, David and I went as Lisa and Todd, Todd from SNL. And we had the characters down. We talked like them the whole night. And you didn't win. We didn't win. We should have won. My friend who dressed up, my friend may rest in peace, sweet Morty, put on a dress and went in a dress. And one? And one. But, you know, he was well, this... also because he never dressed up. So he dressed up that year. So I think he got the prize for actually participating. I see. <laughs> I see. Because the man put on a dress. The man put on a dress. Um, 
I won one costume contest once with my friend Kurt, who was a nurse and also was in uh, the show, I think it was called Jubilee at Bally's in Vegas. Oh, wow. He was a dancer in that show and he was this really good seamstress and Taylor, I should say. And he asked me if I would be his second one year. This was right after uh, a bad breakup. I think so. It was, must have been around 19, uh, around 2001, 2002. And I said, sure, I'll go. And we went to all of the bars and won the won the prize at Bourbon Street, which is no longer there on Park Boulevard. And we went as tea, a drink with jam and bread. And he, <laughs> God, this was such a great costume. I must have a picture somewhere. He was, as I recall, the teapot. And I was the jam and bread. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Uh, and I mean, it was funny. It was just one of those very wry, clever costumes. That, that is very clever. Funny bone, right? It was very clever. I was so happy to be a part of that. Were people trying to take a bite of you all night? All night. It was the all best. All night. <laughs> I was really thin. I believe we were both shirtless. I think there was, you know, some. Oh. I was, I was pretty thin then because, um, you know, I had just broken up. So, you know, I had all that weight loss and, you know, the typical so uh, yeah, but it was so it was so much fun. And but usually I don't dress up. And speaking about dressing up in dresses, I did that one year too. And oh my god, I couldn't wait to get out of that. I don't know how you do it. It was my homage to women, and from that point on, and this was like pre-new millennium. I had a newfound respect because and my heels were not even that high and my dogs were barking. Let me ask you this. Did you put the pantyhose on and everything? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Props, props, props. Get I that. did it all. I even shaved my legs. I did it all. I did wow. it all. And I think I look like Shirley MacLaine <laughs> at the end of the day. Not like pillow talk. Not, not, a, not, a, not a, uh, I want to say damn Yankees, but that's not it. Not pajama game, Shirley MacLaine. You know, more like mm -hmm. uh, um, terms of endearment, Shirley MacLaine. And I was a younger man, by the way. So ugly cry, Shirley MacLaine. Definitely. Yeah. Which reminds me because um, my mother, as it turns out, you know, there's just a lot of things about my mother that don't add up because she was... <laughs> It's true. It really is true. And the older she gets and the longer she lives on this earth, the more of a treasure she becomes to me because she really is this marvel because she was born in 31, illegitimately. Her father never signed her birth certificate. So there's no record of who that is, right? She wasn't raised by that same family. And she was, we grew up believing born on October 31st, 1931, Halloween, right? So as 
our entire lives, that was my mother's birthday. Joyce Marie was born on October 31st. And, um, oh goodness, this must have been like maybe 20 years ago now. We were going on a cruise and everybody needed to have passports because of what was happening in the world. And my mother had to get her birth certificate to get a passport. And on it was Marie Joyce, born October 30th. But so. That had to rock her world. It rocked every, I don't know if it really rocked her world. That's my mother, but it rocked mine because she was always the 31st. Now she's the 30th. And what sort of cinched the deal is that when we were young kids, I think I must've been like still in the single digits, there was this a chain of department stores on the East Coast. And we had one in North Miami Beach where we lived called Zare. And it was sort of akin to a Kmart or like a Target, but not a good Target, like when Target wasn't good, like really low. Like I hated getting my leisure suits at Zare. But that's where we went, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, this one Halloween time, I don't even know if it was Halloween oh, time, but my mother, we were in Zare and my mother tried, was trying on wigs and she tried on this long black haired wig and it, the hair was really long. And by God, if she didn't look like a witch in that wig, and that's what sort of clinched the deal for us because she looked so much like a witch. She had to have been born on the 31st. But now that I'm reading about people that are born on the 31st and the fact that they have second sight and, mm -hmm. you know, they can intermingle with the spirits and they're immune to evil spirits and all of that stuff. I don't know if that's my mother because, you know, I mean, she's really blessed. She's 90 and she's, God bless her. She's still healthy and has a great sense of humor. And uh, so, but her early years weren't so blessed. Not at all. Anyway. She's wickedly funny. She is very funny. And I wonder now today, maybe that's what I should get her for her birthday is a long black wig like a black long hair yeah. sort of like what you have like your hair yeah. in a wig your and dad might like it my dad might like it yeah he might really like it i'd like to see that come back <laughs> what about the tradition of carving jack-o'-lanterns do you do that do you not not as much anymore because pumpkins? of where we're living but we always did always mm -hmm. did did you know that was brought over by the Irish? It's a, it's a Celtic, because the Celts believe that placing jack-o'-lanterns outside would help guide lost spirits. And then when we started carving frightening faces into them, it was thought that they would scare off evil spirits. So I'm wondering if you did that and if you did it for that reason. We did that, but not for that reason. We just did it because it's what you did. 
I see. Did you know that the Irish brought that tradition over to America with them and that before they were carving pumpkins, they were carving turnips? I want to say I read that somewhere. Now, ain't that interesting? Because those are different sizes. Yeah. The candle was much smaller. That was what actually would would um, guide the lost souls is the candle placing in the turnip, which became a pumpkin because turnips were too hard to find. Pumpkins were much easier, more abundant. And then and they easier brought- to carve. And much easier to carve for the little ones too. Yeah. And you can draw on them if you can't carve them, you know, so there are like some other things you can do with them. And also you can eat the seeds. That was always the best part. Mm -hmm. That was the best part about pumpkins, not the pies so much for me. No, pumpkin seeds, seeds, definitely. Um, But yeah, that's an interesting, interesting uh, tradition. And that's how that was. That's how carving pumpkins brought over by the Irish, uh, became a tradition and the thing is the irish came over after the great potato Mm -hmm. famine so before then you know of course that was the mid-1800s there was no halloween in america before then there was no carving pumpkins before then See what would we do without the irish and you know one of my best friends is irish and she takes her irish heritage um you know, very like I take my Greek heritage. So I'm going to have to ask her. I'm going to have to quiz her about this. See if she I knows. think you should. See if she knows, because this is definitely something that the Irish should feel very proud of. You know, it's a great tradition. Uh, what about the tradition of the colors of orange and black? Did you know that they actually stem from that pagan celebration of autumn and the harvest? No, I did not. Mm-hmm. See, I guess I was just a sheep. I just went along with Halloween because it was fun. And now look at, again, like I said the other day, it pays to stay in school. I'm learning all this history. See what I'm saying? Exactly. But it's kind of interesting because, you know, you would think of orange being the color of Halloween because it's the color of the harvest mm-hmm. and it symbolizes crops and the turning leaves, right? So that makes yeah. sense. But black marks the death of summer and the changing season, the death. The death, that's ominous. It is ominous. It makes fall feel even worse than it already does. Now I know, now I know why I get so bleak. Me too, I was just gonna say that. Now I know why as soon as we turn those clocks, I get get sad Mm -hmm. and melancholy. It's the death of summer. And the thing is, Alex, my friend, summer's gone. From a seasonal point of view, it's over. It's done with. Uh, Apparently, over time, green, purple, and yellow have also been introduced into the Halloween color scheme. Now, I had to think about that myself, and I do recall seeing some green, yellow, Mm -hmm. and purple. But those colors are more associated, if you ask me, with Mardi Gras. Yeah. That would make sense. Which would make sense Mm because it's masks and falderall and mischief and all of those things, right? And fun. Mm -hmm. And fun. Mm -hmm. So uh, did you know that candy corn 
one more tradition, which is synonymous with Halloween, right? Did you know that it was invented in the late 1880s? That was about the same time that the Hotel Del Coronado was built. Isn't that interesting? I wonder if there's a correlation there. Maybe there is. Okay. That's when they became mass produced, those little candy corns. Mm, I like those candy corns too. I do too. I don't know why, but I do. I do too. It's and the thing just, about them is you can't eat too many. No. I mean, really, sugar. a little, right? A little goes a long way. You can have like yeah. a small little handful, you're good to go until because you're, you're chewing on them. Yeah. You know, you're chewing on them. Um, did you know that the original process for making candy corn was so cumbersome and time consuming? Because each color of syrup had to be heated up in a large vat and then carefully poured by hand into the mold. We could have lost candy corn if it hadn't been for the Industrial Revolution. Or, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's dedication for something that you only eat once a year. Unless you're me and then I see them and I buy them because, you know. Do you see them when it's not Halloween? Oh, yeah, sure. Are sure. they fresh? Or they last year? Oh, I that I don't know. Maybe does aren't. it matter? Does sugar I mean, ever go again, bad? Again, I don't. I, you know, really, there, can candy corn go bad? I wonder now. Now I'm actually wondering if a fresh candy corn would taste better than a candy corn that's been bagged and sealed. It or might even, be softer. Okay, so a freshly cured. Hmm. It's already, the heating process is done. It's the same room temperature. Is it any better? We can test this out, you know. How? How do we get a hold of a fresh candy corn? Well, you, there's got to be some kind of date on there. So that might take a little bit of research. And then you buy two bags. And you open one bag and you eat it. And then you save the next bag for the next year. And well, you that's true. Then you could, relatively speaking, mm -hmm. then know... This is so true. Should we do that this Halloween? Yeah. I think we should. We'll have to date the bags. Not literally like take them on yeah. the date, but put the date on the bags. It could be fun. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> don't go there. I mean, the honestly, candy that's, that's going to be my date for Halloween corn. anyway. So, you know. Hey, by the way, speaking of Halloween, we have Halloween on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that is always a fun, festive uh, Halloween tradition here in San Diego because it is for our friends at Homestart. And it is one of two uh, fundraisers that they host each year. And this time it's at the Burnham House, right in our very own Balboa Park from three until six o'clock. And it's the greatest with wine tasting and lots of hollow. <laughs> so home-start.org. Home org for tickets anyway that's a little commercial for home start and it's halloween and well worth it because they're an amazing organization they really really are an amazing organization mm -hmm. and the little kitties that get service from us at home start um, that use our services uh um i hope we'll have a fabulous halloween this year and i hope so too. joyful one too um speaking of which did you know that the Catholics are the ones that actually changed or responsible for changing the name to Halloween 
because it used to be called Samhain, spelled nothing like it sounds, spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, Celtic word mm -hmm. for Samhain, until the Catholics decided that uh, the 31st was really All Saints Day, and the first, excuse me, let me go backwards. The first is really All Saints Day, and the 31st is All Hallows Day. But that became too hard to say, so. We Although I have to say, I like All Hallows Day better. I like All Hallows Eve. That just has a mystical, romantic, ominous sound to it. And you're right, it's All Hallows Eve. I, I beg my, your pardon. And you're right. It does sound a little bit more uh, mystical and intriguing and sensual. You know, it has a more, for me, All Hallows Eve has a more feminine feel to it. And when you think of, oftentimes when you think of pagan rituals and holidays, you tend to think more feminine, right? And the feminine divine. So maybe that's why I like it, you know, you, witches and healers and, you know, those, those poor souls that were burned at the stake um, or women. So that has nothing to do with summer's Eve <laughs> because <laughs> is that why maybe it no <laughs> i mean you know there's you know correlation as to what the the female body can do um but yeah i don't know i i get uh when i think all hallows eve i get a very divine feminine power and i get that appeals to me uh are you are you a wiccan loving lady i know I'm into all that stuff. I'm I'm a woo-woo kind of gal. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I do. Now, how woo-woo are you? Like, oh, go. pretty woo-woo. You okay, could ask so, me. I mean, you'd have to ask me questions. Okay, you know. so angels, do they exist? Yes, and I okay. have them all over my house. Okay, are they God's angels? It, or you are know, they the universe's angels? Well, see. Are they dead people? <laughs> D, because God is subjective, right, for me. It's it's universe, it's source, it's mother nature. You can call God Bubba. It's a so very it's all things. It's all things. It can be. It it is where where does your heart lie? So for me, it's all knowing. It's our connection, and we're all connected. And yes, I do believe that there are angels, and I do believe that I am surrounded, and I meditate to them every morning and every night before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. I do agree. Do you believe there are poltergeists, ghostly beats? I think there are spirits. I don't know to what extent and evil or, you know, I think maybe I don't allow myself to go there too much because I'm a big old sissy. So where I just was in Maui, in, mm -hmm. in Kapalua, the Ritz, uh, was built on a mountain crest that was a burial ground that 
uh, apparently there was some controversy over at some point, and now there's a monument right behind the hotel. So it was really kind of interesting when it was pitch dark out, which it gets, you can see the bright stars and look out and know that there's like a burial ground in front of you. It was really quite, some people felt a little uh, freaked out for lack of a better term. I felt at peace. Yeah. Knowing that all of those souls were there. Yeah. I think we have to learn to sort of get in, get in tune with the dead mm-hmm. and welcome the dead. Welcome the dead. Uh, so on that note, you know, Halloween is full of wives' tales and superstitions. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a few about, you know, if you're born on Halloween, you can see into the future. And apparently that's based on some story of a man who was able to tell that a car three lengths ahead of him was going to turn left. I don't know, some bogus story I read online. Craziness. Craziness. But... Do you believe that those born on Halloween have second sight? Do I believe? I believe in the possibility. I don't, for me, I don't think it precludes anybody else being born second sight. Well, you, so wait, say that again. I don't disbelieve in the possibility of it. I don't necessarily believe that you can only have it if you're born on Halloween. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. It's not, um, it's, it's not inclusive. Or, mutually or, ex- exclusive. Yeah, yeah, mutually yeah. exclusive. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Okay. Uh, okay. I can go with that. Well, you know, the whole thing sort of derives from um, the, the Celtic belief from the idea that uh, Samhain is the time when uh uh, and it means literally, by the way, summer's end, that when life and death are, that the layer between them is at its thinnest and they're most connected. So the idea that one is conceived on Halloween in, in Celtic history is sort of a blessing, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, but that was turned on its ear and it's become sort of an evil thing. And the whole idea of the witch. And that elderly, you know, solitary, warded-nosed, long-nosed witch um, is the devil. Um, she was actually sort of the matron of Sawin and wasn't seen as a dastardly being at all, but has turned into one. Very interesting. And when do you think it was? Do we have history on when that happened? And did that go during the time when, you know, women were being burned at the stake? Well, it had a lot to do with the Christians Mm -hmm. and the Catholics and the idea that uh, Samhain was a pagan holiday. And so, um, you know, the movement was to take some of the paganism out of the holiday. Uh, But... (laughs) That never really happened, you know, uh, and there, 
there was a little bit about mischief and the idea of mischief in some articles that I read and how that lingered because at one time it was a feature of, of uh, Samhain. Uh, and then once it became less of a pagan holiday, that element was to be dis, dis, uh, dis what do I say, disfused? No eliminated mm. and uh but it had it wasn't eliminated completely that's sort of the idea behind you know being mischievous on halloween and throwing eggs uh mtp yeah i think when when the christians and the catholics took it over and decided that you know we we shouldn't be so paganistic that the holiday shouldn't be, you know, you make what's you 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 paint different pictures to accommodate your belief. Mm -hmm. uh, craziness, craziness. Uh, actually, that witch was called the Crone, and she was a goddess, a pagan goddess. Uh, what about trick or treating? Isn't that interesting how we trick or treat now? Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. Were you ever, um, was your house ever egged or toilet papered or? Oh, teepeed, yeah. And and yeah. I, you know, I, I talk about, I was a, was a very good kid. I really never did anything wrong. But, but one thing that my friends and I did do was, oh, we'd teepee a house or two. I never did. I never threw eggs at anybody's house. I don't think our house was... Also, where we lived growing up in Alpine, we were in a cul-de-sac, so we didn't get a lot of. Right. Um, you know, I had kind of had to be driven over to another little area in Alpine where there were it was more neighborhoody. Right, right, and cars didn't really come in and and do the TP thing if they can't get mm -hmm. out quickly. Yeah. Our house was TP'd once when I was a kid, as I recall. I think my sister was in high school at the time, uh, but it's. It's a benign thing, right? As it long as it doesn't rain. Thing. As long as it doesn't rain, then you're fine. Uh, but trick-or-treating, uh, in olden times, it was believed that during Samhain, the veil between our world and the spirit world was at its thinnest, as I said, mm -hmm. and that the ghosts of the deceased could mingle with the living. So the superstition was that the visiting ghosts could disguise themselves in human form such as a beggar, and knock on your door during Samhain asking for money or food. If you turn them away empty-handed, you risk receiving the wrath of the spirit and being cursed or haunted. That's where trick-or-treating derives from. Okay. So now if we carry that forward, do you run less of a risk if you give full-size candy bars as opposed to the little dumbbell suckers? Well, see, here you go. Another <laughs> Celtic myth was that dressing up as a ghoul would mm -hmm. fool the evil spirits into thinking that you were one of them so they would not try to take your soul. Makes sense, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. And your ghouls even closer. And your ghouls even closer. 
In the U.S., trick-or-treating became a customary Halloween tradition around the late 1950s. It was only in the late 1950s. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we, we were born only in the early 1960s. So it's not much older than us in America. That's skitty to me, very skitty. God, when did that happen? Um... I don't know. I used to look at the 1960 whatever and mm -hmm. think, oh, you know, now it's like, oh my God, I have okay. to scroll, scroll, so scroll, scroll. I know mm -hmm. it sucks. Um, what about apple bobbing? Do you ever apple bob? Have you ever bobbed for apples in your I, life? I have. I have bobbed for an apple or two in my time because again, growing up in Alpine and we would have these, you know, the elementary school, we would have great carnivals and there was, you know, this of course wouldn't happen now during the time of, you know, the COVID times, this was in the before times. And yeah, I bobbed for many an apple. Did you ever, were you ever the first bobber to grab an apple? Probably not. Hmm. Probably not. Hmm. Probably not. This was before you got married years before. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking when I was in the single digits. Okay, because it's believed that the first person to pluck an apple from the water-filled bucket without using their hands is the first person to marry. Well, we can definitely say that must not ever happen because I was older when I got married, so. So there's no correlation. There's no, not for me anyway. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you can tell this to the apple bobbers of America, and I, I'm sure there must be. I wonder if there are actually any apple bobbing clubs in America. My guess is there are. We should ask them about apple bobbing and about some really interesting apple bobbing traditions and customs, because there must be some. For example, I wonder what you would do with your hair as an apple bobber. Would you tie it up in a knot? Is that what made the man bun so popular? <laughs> a bit. There you were cool be before man bobs became cool, right? Right, exactly. I don't know. You know, it's a it's one of the traditional games used for fortune telling on Halloween night. Now, ask me about that. Don't because I have no clue what that oh, means. I'm like, yeah, what, you that was that was a tease. Now I'm just going to tell you that was a tease because I'm ready to ask you. <laughs> well, that's the whole. That's the whole tie-in is that's how it's telling the fortune is if you if you're the first one with an apple in your mouth, you're the first one to get married. That just that seems very sexist and misogynist, if you ask me. Yes, and <laughs> yes, very much. And it's exactly where it takes me because you know, I mean there's Who cares? I, there's something apparently sexy about a Right. Happening, right. Right. Well, there's something sacred about the apple. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it is the sacred fruit, mm -hmm. you know. Hmm. Interesting. Did you know that spiders? Do you like spiders? Some people love spiders. I, and some people just don't. I, I don't love spiders. If they're outside, I love their webs, unless it's a widow web. And then, of course, I walk away because it's a widow. You can, you can tell the difference. How do you um, tell the difference? So a widow web will have no pattern. So if you see a web and it's all discombobulated, that's a widow of some sort. She's a sad. black widow or a so, brown widow. Because she's, she's sad. That, she's sad. So she can't. Yeah. Her, her, uh, uh, 
her amygdala has taken over <laughs> and she can no longer think with her prefrontal cortex. But I'll tell you, those, those widows are savvy, man. They're, they're savvy. Smart. They're savvy. They're smart, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of my favorite songs from the Barbara Streisand, A Star is Born. Black Widow. Yep. Mm -hmm. Love that song. Is her wicked song. web a mess? It is. Okay. So now it I is. know how to look for them. Yeah. So if you um, see a web and it, it, there's no pattern to it, it's a widow web. Otherwise, they're these beautiful, right? They're beautiful patterns. And I have a fondness for Daddy Long Lakes, and I will save them to the best of my ability and try then, to put them outside. Then you should definitely watch last week's SNL skit. Okay. <laughs> because there was a very funny rendition uh, of Daddy Long Legs. Okay, was, now I'm going to have to watch Yang. that. That was very funny. Uh, spiders. See, now it's interesting you say that about liking the webs because, but not for the web, I would probably enjoy the spider a bit more. But there's something about walking into a web that feels, <laughs> and you can't get that off you until you shower. Right. And when in Southern California, at a certain time of the year, it's web heaven. Mm -hmm. and those little suckers they make those webs fast and sometimes mm -hmm. it's just they're starting the web you know so it's just a few threads so you don't see it coming but they hang on and it's dastardly so a web from afar is beautiful is i beautiful. will t one night one halloween and it, we were doing it on halloween and iliana and i started to decorate the house and i'm up on the little ladder and I'm hanging these spider lights and coming at me. And I mean, it was moving fast, was a brown widow. And I was trying to get the lights before the brown widow got to me. And as I was getting down, it just shot right down by me. I'm like, this, this sucker is coming for me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what I did screamed. Did you scream? I screamed a little. Did you but I got But I got the lights on, first and foremost. So I did something similar. I was up in the garage uh, on a ladder trying to find some old things that my mother wanted me to get out of the garage. And I found a box and I opened it and there were a bunch of spiders and they all, and I was still on the ladder and the spiders just started flooding out of the box and I dropped it. And it was my mother's china. Oh. oh. I will not live that down ever. Never. Mm -mm. It was my mother's china. Never. And it was all in nice bag, you know, like those those zip bags and everything. Yeah. Anyway, those damn spiders. You know, they well, say if one falls into a candlelit lamp and it's consumed by the flame, witches are nearby. Did you know that? But I know, and I, I'm trying to think if there's ever a time where you could drop a spider into a flame and have it not be engulfed. Well, there you go. You better keep your flames spider free. Yeah, although it might be a good ghost. It could be like a Casper. Well, there you or go. Or a witch, a witch, right? It could be a witch. It's a witch, it's but a witch. it just means the witches are nearby, right? So maybe you want to put out some cookies and milk. And if you spot a spider on Halloween, 
it means that the spirit of a deceased loved one is watching over you. So you need to be looking for those Halloween spiders. So that one that came after me when I was hanging the lights was on Halloween. So it was just my mother coming to say, hey. And there you got all skip and nothing. Well, my mother could be scary. There you go. I hope she didn't feel dejected when she scurried away from you. She didn't scurry. I scurried away from her. She kept coming. <laughs> she would, yeah, would, that, would, that would fit. My mother was one fierce mother. I mean, she, that woman was, yeah, not much scared her. See, that's a, that's a renaissance woman for you. Oh, God, yeah. You know, my mother yeah. was afraid of everything. Everything, lightning, bugs. Uh, yeah, she was that woman. It was funny. I could scare her like easily just by hiding behind the curtains. It was fun. Yeah. See, my mom was afraid of things like mice. Like that we had a little up in Alpine, we had a little deformed mouse that kind of came out through the um this beautiful brick uh, stone fireplace that we had. And it was like literally just all head. It was the cutest thing. And my mother was terrified of it. And I laughed at her because how could you be afraid of something this big that was furry and little eyes? And then she hit me over the head with a broom because I laughed at her. With a broom? That's she had a broom in her hand. She's like, whack. And then it hurt. She didn't mean to. So as soon as I was like, ow, she felt bad. But yeah, so things like that, cats, you know, birds, there were things she was afraid of. Um, but it was usually things that birds? made no sense. Yeah, she That's... didn't like birds. Wait, yeah, well, I mean. There's a whole phobia around birds. You know, people, there's a whole phobia. The flapping of birds' wings really freaks certain people out. I mean, birds could be de deadly. I mean, they could be devilish. I mean, you know, I agree, but. It was the things that made no sense to be afraid of that she was afraid of. But the real fears in life. She didn't you know, have any, yeah. Yeah. That a robber might like come in her house or, you know, that, that none of that faced her. No, probably did. She just, she probably, if she, she probably had her broom, them. she, she had a broom. She had her broom. <laughs> she wrote it well. No, she probably, sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. No, she probably would have beat the crap out of, you know, a robber if he came in. One would hope. One would hope. Yeah, one would hope. I don't know. I don't think my mother would. Yeah. My father would, but yeah, not my mother. But speaking of black cats, you know, they're not, they're not synonymous with bad luck and mischief everywhere these days, although they still are here. And that dates back to the dark ages when witch hunts were commonplace. That's when, that's when the black cat was for all intents and purposes basically uh, villainized, mm -hmm. you know, like you see a black cat, you're dead. Well, apparently in Ireland, Scotland, and England, it's considered good luck for a black cat to cross your path. I had a black cat for a while. It wasn't mine. Too. It was Job's. He had two black cats, Beatrice and Bonsoir. Great names. <laughs> yeah, he named them. They were his cats. Uh, they were fun and they didn't scare me. So I agree with the Irish, the Scottish and the English. I actually, when I see a black cat, I, I assign it 
as a, I, I attribute it as a sign of good luck. Yes. And they can be really beautiful too, right? They're gorgeous. I had a gorgeous black kitty. Bats, on the other hand, are very interesting because they're also associated with Halloween. Mm-hmm. And they're considered to be quite ominous, as you would think. Like, have you ever met a bat? Have you ever seen a bat? A live bat? Yes. Oh, see, now I, I don't believe that I've actually seen. I've seen one, but I've not been close to a bat. Well, now we used to get a lot of them up in Alpine. And that's when I was afraid of them because, you know, my yaya and being Greek and superstition. And, but then when I was living in Japan and we were at the zoo and my uh, friend, there was a, just a lone bat in a cage and they, they like dragged me. My friend's like, you have to look at this. And once I stared into that bat's eyes, I became, I fell in love. And now I love bats. I think they're the sweetest, cutest little animals. And I am no longer afraid of them. You're a sucker for bats. I'm a sucker for bats, yes. (laughs) Wow. I guess, do they have cute little beady eyes? Oh my God, they're the most beautiful little creatures. And then you just look at their wings, their bat wings and, and how they're formed. And it's, if you just really look deeply into a bat's eyes. You will fall in love, I promise. That's the problem with bats, though. You see, you don't want to fall in love with them because at the end of the day, they're still bats. They're good, though. They do so much good in the world. Well, according to medieval folklore, if a bat is spotted flying around your house three times, it meant someone in the house was going to die soon. Now, I can't help but wonder how in hell a bat would fly around your house three times, even get in your house, but then fly around it three times. When has that ever happened? It must have. Otherwise, everybody would be alive. That's true. This is true. And is it flying around the house inside or outside? Oh, you bring up a very good point. I don't know. I have no idea. Now maybe it's around the house. Or could be. How do you know it's the same bat? You better be watching those bats. Yeah. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you are right. Maybe it's around the house, Mm -hmm. not inside the house. Because if a bat flew into your house on Halloween, Mm -hmm. it was a sign that your house was haunted because ghosts had let the bat in. So... They have a whole nother level of a problem going on right there. If the bat comes in, I'm tired. <laughs> this is tiring. This is why <laughs> I don't like the history is awesome though. This is awesome history. True. But this is why I'm exhausted on <laughs> Halloween night. And you know what? These superstitions that abound, I mean, they, they, they force people to do such ridiculous things. You know, like you should carry a lump of bread in your pocket when walking in the dark to serve as an offering to ghosts on Halloween. Okay. Hey, at the end of the night, if you don't meet any ghosts, you've got dinner. This is true, but it's a, but wait, it's not a, it's not a loaf of bread. It's a lump of bread. You're having a moose bouche. 
how appetizing is that thing after it's been in your pocket all day long, all night long? See, that's the thing. You're walking in the dark with it. Well, but what you do then is you wear, you have the lump of bread in one pocket and butter in the other. So then you've got the hot bread. You put the butter on it. Now you've got delicious buttery bread. Because the butter's melted. Mm -hmm. That's turning lemons into lemonade. I'm trying <laughs> Do you have a bell in your house to ring away evil spirits on Halloween? Because apparently you can if you do. No, but the next time I'm on a bad date and it's Halloween, I'll know what to do to get rid of them. You should definitely have a bell. Now, we actually have a bell that I bought at an antiques store. I don't know why, I just liked it. And it sits by our door and we are going to start using it because uh, we just, you know, we want to be safe. So if I come over to your house and you start ringing that bell, I, I'll know what it means. You better leave. <laughs> I better leave. <laughs> okay. I got you. I got you. Only if you're an evil spirit and you know you're not. Yeah, it depends on the day. Sometimes. Well, you probably feel Sometimes. evil. I feel a little evil this, yeah, this today too, but I'm sure you know, it's all it's all in the perspective. This is true. Mm -hmm. And people can be quite annoying. See, now I think we could get a lot more use out of Halloween if we could use it to poke fun at the annoying things in our lives. I mean, you can dress up as something that's annoying, but you really, you know, you're really not having any fun poking. Right. Because you know, then you're just drawing energy to what's annoying you. Right, exactly. Hmm. There's got to be something. I, I think that I, and I did this last Halloween and I will probably do it again. This Halloween is watch the movie Coco. Oh, sweet movie. Sweet movie. Yeah. And talk about that veil being very thin. I, I ugly cry though, man, I ugly cry in that movie. Oh, but it's so beautiful. Well, you know, you don't have kids coming to your door right now, unless you go to the house right and then you might well then i go there and we sit outside and pass out candy and then i come back to the apartment and watch coco and well maybe you should do like really heavy mascara Ooh, like yeah. tammy faye mascara and and when you're at the when you're at the party and you're doing the uh candy giving you already look like you've been crying that's a good idea and get those you know big i i have some Big yeah, I get this big. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Doesn't that sound like fun? Now, do you, do you wear any kind of costuming? It depends on what I'm doing. I haven't in a couple years. Uh, it's been two years since I've been to a party, and I don't remember what I dressed up as. Sometimes I just cheat and put on... <laughs> I have a pair of red silk pajamas. So I put my red silk pajamas on and I have a little cardboard sign that says, don't wake me, I'm sleepwalking. And that's my costume. Now that could work if you yeah. like do something funny with your hair, you know, yeah. and you know, um, but that's actually brilliant because it's an easy fix. It's an easy thing. I mean, and we have a whole room full of costumes at the office. So, you true. know, there is so much to choose from uh, that it would be pretty easy to just 
jump into something. For a while, I had a gypsy costume that I would wear, like an Aladdin costume that I would just sort of pop on because I was like, I need something. And we, and then we had that all that military wear that worked for a while for me because you know it was quick on, quick off, uh, just so that you didn't look like the one fool who didn't dress up. I do miss having a party where I get to be creative and make a costume because I will generally make it. I mean, I'm not a seamstress by any stretch of the imagination, but I will find a way to craft a costume because, you know, anybody can go buy one. So it's kind of fun. I think um, when we're, when we, when we hit gold, we're going to have this big, big party this big, great Halloween party, and we're going to rent a two-story mansion and invite, like, just our favorite people. And we're going to have, you know, costumes are necessary to get in. And it's going to be this great party. That would be so much fun. And That sounds like fun. COVID has made me want to be a a Halloween uh, participant because I'm ready yeah. for something new and exciting well it's also that that childish element of it right it's getting back to something simple and naive and just fun just fun you know i mean how many of us the last year and a half just having simple fun but i do i have to share one of my very favorite halloween costumes when i was in high school and we went we did go and rent this and i went with my friends um boyfriend she couldn't go to the party so she said I could be his date so I went as his hair meaning it was a harem of one so I was his hair and I had a harem costume (laughs) and my dad helped me pick it out (laughs) if he had fun I was a, a harem of one you were his hair I was his hair and that's what we told everybody all night long. Mm-hmm. Did it come fly? to find it, 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 what made us laugh. Um, I guess not come then. to find out many, that's a many, sure many, sign that yeah, it didn't. It didn't, it didn't, it, you know, made us laugh. That's, but that's all that mattered. That's all that matters. But Halloween I found is, out. Oh, go ahead. No, it's for you. It's for, it's for yeah. whatever you want to do. I found out years later, many, 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 many years later, David happened to be working with his former girlfriend. She was not happy I went to that party with him, even though it was her idea. She was mad all those years that I said yes. You are kidding me. No. <gasps> and she said, she made some comment. He goes, she does a lot. She does not like you. I'm like, but it was her idea. Because her oh. boyfriend and I were such good buddies. Oh, that's mean. That's mean. I have a favorite Halloween story and it was when I was fresh out of college and it was in New York city. And I believe they still do have a fantastic Halloween celebration as they, uh, in, in, is it Greenwich village that might do it as they do in West Hollywood, like a big parade. D'Angelo will know. I think it's the West village actually. And I remember doing it one year back in the eighties and uh, with my friend, Mark Jenkins, Mark Jenkins Wallace, Mark mm-hmm. Wallace, who went to Syracuse with me and went, was living in the city and insisted 
that he was going to be Diana Ross for Halloween. <laughs> and I would be accompanying him as the boombox holder, which I did. And Wayne Barker, our friend Wayne Barker, mm -hmm. was dating Mark Jenkins Wallace at the time. He went by Mark Wallace. Uh, and he was there. And I have this memory of Mark as Diana Ross in all of his glory, traipsing around uh, the West Village with Wayne and me in his toe, <laughs> me with the boombox pressing play so that he could sing, I don't know, mahogany or something like that. <laughs> Oh, it was great fun. There's a theme to you in your favorite Halloweens. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed this theme? This that that no. uh, you no. you are the person that is in the background. Um, no, not in the background. You're the supporting character to somebody else's costume, which is not a bad thing. Yeah, totally believe that. Yeah, I I I see that. I I I do appreciate the sidecar mm -hmm. role. That's more fun anyway. Oh yeah, you pressure. Exactly. You know, like being the queen's sister. Nobody talks about the queen's sister, really. She can do whatever she wants. Right. She can also wear the jewels if she wants to. She mm -hmm. can wear the crowns and carry the scepters and you know, but she doesn't have to, you know, answer to anyone. She's the queen's sister. She gets to go have fun. She gets all of the benefits of being in a royal family without any of the baggage. Exactly. Exactly. It's the best, it's the best role in life, mm -hmm. right? Too much, too much uh, importance is put on being the queen. Certainly in our house, it is. <laughs> well, I do say when I'm queen of the world, but then I just get to do everything the way I want to do it. Yes. So. I, I think that's what freedom is actually yeah. is doing yeah. what you want to do in life yeah. and not having to do what other people want you to do or what you need to do because you need to eat and sleep. And, but we still have it easier than anybody before us has ever had it. This is true. This is true. We should remember that. It's a good mm -hmm. lesson for us to remember how, how much easier it is today than it was even 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, very blessed, but then again, who cares? I'm staring here before we close, looking at the one thing that we haven't discussed, and that's Alex's famous <laughs> hollow brains. Yes, hollow brains for Halloween. So I'm trying to reprise it this year. I and, want to taste the brains. Well, I'm going to probably have to redo it because I came up with a much better design concept and it's going to work. Last night's were a little bit too big. So it came out looking as, you know, like hollow black lung. Oh, so when I was need the to last just... time anybody ever said it was too big? <laughs> well, for a brain. Was it I black? Mean, the, you know how I you did it. You know what they with... say, big brains. Yes, brains. yes, that's true. Yes, the bigger the brain. Um was but it, I made wait, go ahead. Yeah. What did was it did it look like a black lung? Well, so it I formed the two, like the you know, the hemispheres of the brain and kind of split it down the middle, but they were too big. So when they baked, they kind of spread out instead of up. 
So I need to make them more compact. So it kind of went up and then I made rolled out of the holla red dyed food dyed holla. And I formed the squigglies on top of the brain, right? So that it looked like that, but just the way it came, it looks like they're the size of lungs because a brain, you know, brain's small and some brains are smaller than others. Uh, So, you know, this would be a giant brain. So I don't know. I may either just switch it to worm gummy worms coming out of a hollow black lung, or I may attempt to redo it. And um, either way, I'm going to send you guys pictures. I may pictures. do it. Pictures. You got to see pictures. My- I want a taste. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I might have overworked to the door. And I will tell you, I make a mean challah bread. It's good, but I'm not sure about this one. I think well, I overworked the dough. You know, I think you were rushing. It so was. this is what I would suggest. Let's do one more challah. Mm-hmm. One more challah. Let's challah for the challah. And let's see if we can't get you to do one more challah before, before Christmas. Oh, well, you know what I can, I can that's easy. Because it's not, challah's not difficult to make. Well, we want a brain, challah. Okay. We do want a challah just no, because didn't. you said you could. I can. Is that right. a test? It's a, you know, it's a, it sounds like a challenge. It's a challenge. Yes. It's a challenge. And I want to taste the brains. Okay. I want to know. I want to know how your color right. tastes. Well, when am I going to see you again? When will I see you? We'll see each other. Okay. Well, no, I'm going to see you this weekend. That's for sure. I'll see you Saturday. Yes, at Halloween. Mm-hmm. Should at I, I could bring the challah brains for the Halloween. Oh, see, it would go very well with Halloween. Yeah. I was thinking we might do the night zoo, but I think that's a bit too much to do because there is night zoo, you know. Very interesting. There is it started? It, it's And it's starting this early? It's for, I know they're doing it through October. Okay. Uh, normally they don't. Normally it's it ends around Christmas. September. Night well, zoo. and night zoo at Christmas time is spectacular. So I think they might be doing that as well then. But that's not happening just yet because no, it's not, it's Christmas, not Christmas, although it gets earlier every year. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's happening just yet. But I think they might be doing that. And we also still need to go to SeaWorld. Yes, we do. Yes, for those of you who are listening, we have we have tickets for SeaWorld. We need to go. We want to see the world yeah. at SeaWorld. In, in All right, well, sea. that's, that's it. I mean, Halloween is two weeks away. This is all about Halloween. It's been a weenie of a great time. And have you any more to add other than the challah brains that we will be postponing until later? Because they were too big, apparently. Uh, Too big. They were too big. They're, you know, and size does count sometimes. Um, Every time. (laughs) It matters. matters. Uh, No, I think I'm good. I think this is the earliest I've ever started any kind of Halloween prep. Ever. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think it's good to start early. I'm trying to get into the habit myself, not putting things off to the last minute. Um, I just read this article about what the brain does when you procrastinate and it ain't pretty. And um, so I'm trying to like avoid that, you know, feeling of angst and your uh, amygdala getting hijacked and your limbic system going awry. Yeah, I have already started Christmas shopping. So I, you know, I don't procrastinate in all things. No, you don't. You do not actually, you're really pretty good. Like the Christmas shopping thing. That's crazy. Just crazy. 
All right, my friend, that's the end of this, uh, this episode. And uh, as they say in the big world, it's been an epitome of a time. I heard somebody say that in speech last week. No. Epitome. I know. I kind of giggled too. It was on stage. Poor guy. That's it for us. Happy Halloween. We'll see you soon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please, 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 please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Oh, how many stars? And if you liked listening to us, please tell your friends. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on, 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 on Stitcher. You can find us. We're out there. So we please, are. we're there. Also, online, belotted.com. Look for the podcast tab. Tell us what you feel. Tell us what you mean. Tell us who you are. Tell us if you like bats. Tell us if you like bats. Tell us if you like candy corn and black ants. Bye-bye. Say goodbye. Thank you for listening.